Tap in, America. Oh, yes. Tap in. Now, it seems as though we are four days, five days beyond the epiphany that our president has been unelected. And although some may disagree that it was not a landslide, I don't need a landslide. You only need to win a contest by one point. Let's be clear. As long as he's unelected, I'm satisfied. But let's talk about expectations. Expectations moving forward and expectations of forward-thinking people. Hmm. Oh, yes, step in. Now, for some reason or another, I have spent some time today watching the media, the local media, as well as the national media, because I live in Los Angeles, but I keep my eye specifically on local politics. And we will have a conversation about local politics and some of these referendums that are on the, or were on the ballot here in California, that you will eventually see in your state. And let me be clear with you about that. Because what they do in California, since we're California, is they want to try it first here. And if it works in Cali, they'll try it somewhere else. So we will have a conversation at some point in time about Uber and Lyft and the hijacking of our labor system that they are trying to do. But we will have that conversation. Today's not that day. I want to talk about expectations. I would like to discuss expectations of our media and what their responsibility should be in the process of trying to calm fears. Now, for some reason, it is a contradiction in terms. We have a man. I will call him a man. That is not what I think he is, but we will call him a man for the purposes of of this digression. He does not want to leave office. He has never wanted to be president. He is not there to be president for any other reason but to ascertain power and to be a puppet, a Manchurian candidate, because that is what he is, a Manchurian candidate. And 71 to 75 million people voted for that Manchurian candidate. You didn't vote for that Manchurian candidate because you care about the way of the world and the politic body in this world, the suffering, the weak, the maligned, the poor. No, that was not your purpose. You wanted to maintain status quo position and continue to maintain institutionalized mechanisms of deviance of racism and genderism and any other ism I could think of. Stop playing with me, America, and I'm gonna stop playing with you. Now we already know what that is. I don't care if you racist. Just stay away from me. But you can be racist all you want across the street. But not in my face. And not on my job. And not in my life. Let's be clear. But the media are panicking. Like they got to live in poverty with the rest of us or something. They panicking like they gonna lose their health insurance or something. So when Joseph Biden rolls out here into this press conference after wide-built-shaped Mike Pompeo come out here talking about 
we gonna have a Trump administration. Okay. They playing games. Now, we already know what this is. I told you on November 3rd, I had faith. With a resounding repudiation, I had no doubt in my mind that we were gonna send his ass back to for whence he comes. Got no problem with that. I knew that already. I knew that it would take two or three or four days to count the votes because we have to understand we are in the middle of a pandemic. We still are in the middle of a pandemic. And what I really thought they were going to try to do or what they were going to try to do was say, oh, we can't vote because we've got a pandemic. We can't do that. But that didn't work because we are a united federal state. So we've got some things pretty under control. In war, we vote. Yeah, we do. In pandemics, we vote. Yeah, we do. There's just certain institutions that are integrated in our society that we're going to do. Okay. So we were going to vote, period. And we're not coming off of that vote. And to vote by mail means that no one can taint your vote. How about that? Mm. So we had 15 million people vote on the first day that you were eligible for eligibility for early voting. Well, if I did the math, which I do, I projected probably about 150 million people would have voted by November 3rd, which is pretty much what had happened. All told, we had about 175 million people. But we had about 150 million rectangle-shaped envelopes that had to be counted by hand. The other 25 to 35, maybe even up to 70 million people, voted in person. Okay. It takes time to count 150 million little rectangular shaped envelopes. We live in a world where people are so systematically controlled to accept a two-minute meal coming out of a microwave that they cannot possibly phantom waiting for a vote to return. Okay. So we got the opportunity to vote by mail. 150 people voted. You see the sheen that um, Lindsey Graham? Baby, when I tell you he was on Fox today, he said, well, he and Mitch got to get together and come up with a routine because if we don't, we got to do something about this voting by mail because if not, we'll never be able to elect anybody in the office again. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, we know. They scared. <clears throat> They're scared. The media's scared. Ain't nobody being cool but your Uncle Joe. Oh, yes. Uncle Joe is too cool for the news. You don't have to like him, but that's your president. <laughs> Dig. But he got 47 years in the game. Okay, he got 47 years that Trump don't have. So he knows... The federal government inside and out. He know how it works. He know how Washington works. He know half them dirty ass, crooked ass politicians up on the hill right now already. He know who they are. He know their secrets too. 
And he know that in due time, he will take his place. He has carried himself with more professionalism and leadership ability within the last five days than this idiot that these 75 million ass races wanted to vote, to vote and put into back into office. Trump don't know what to do with that. Now, I don't call Trump Trump. I call him Humpty Dumpty. Let's be clear about that. That's Humpty Dumpty to me. And all of his merry band of men have fallen down by the wayside. As usually what happens to a bully. Bullies take up all the air in the room, but that's all they do. They just take up air. They're not talking about stuff. But what I want you to understand is that the media is scared right now. And I don't need them to be afraid. I need them to be resolute and consistent. And understand that the man that is really on TV that has been elected to president, he really does know what to do. Three months ago, if nobody was paying attention, he put together about a staff of 2,000 people because he saw, because Trump kept telling you what he, excuse me, Humpty Dumpty, kept telling you what he was going to do. I'm going to be a headache. I'm going to be a problem. Okay, be a problem. Joey knew it. Uncle Joey was all over. He said, I got that. He got some money over here. We got about $7 million for my, for my research. About $7 million over here in the coifers already. So if the GSG don't want to give up the money, she don't have to. He got enough money. Y'all done gave him enough money. He good. But the media are squared. And I don't know what the media is scared of. Why are the media acting like they're pushing the panic button? The media is how he got elected. They put him on CNN all day long. The media is how he got there. They caught us all in. They read his tweets on air. And they act like they scared of him. And don't believe these politicians are scared of him. They're not scared of him. The politicians are scared of their voters if they diss Trump. Or, excuse me, Humpty Dumpty. That's what that is. That's why Joseph said, in a little while, it'll be fine. And it will. And it will. I'm not worried about anything. I wasn't worried November 3rd. I'm not worried now. What I want to make sure that we do, because Humpty Dumpty has been quiet for four days, you have not seen Humpty Dumpty in public. Silence is deadly, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. Silence is very deadly. He has surrendered. He has to figure out how to not look like an idiot. He's got to figure out what he's going to do about his position and his lack of intelligence. Because Russia is disappointed. And he has a $400 million debt he's got to call in. Oh, he's got to figure out what to do. And he's trying to figure it out now. For four years, he couldn't keep his mouth shut. But for some reason or another, Uncle Joey got his ass in the bunker. Oh, yes. He's in the bunker. Tap in, ladies and gentlemen. He's in the bunker. He in a corner pissing down his leg. And that's just how I like it. But I'm going to need the media to knock it off. Because he's just not that powerful. 
and neither are them sorry-ass proud boys that he told to stand down. Where they at? Where they at? Where them proud boys at? Where them proud boys at? Yeah, they in the bunker with it. Because that's what this is. Because that's what they do. Because that's where we put you. Right back in the same corner you came out of. <clears throat> Russia can't help him. They can't do nothing for him. Can't do nothing for you, TB. You ain't no use to him no more. And you know how Russia do it. If you're not of a use, then they don't need you. So there's that. We will deal with him methodically and clinically, swiftly and professionally. Make no mistake about it. But I want forward-thinking people to take out this time to understand expectations. We have to understand that government cannot make reforms. Now, let me be clear. Government makes reforms. I apologize, I misspoke. We the people make changes. We make the changes that we want to see. Government makes reforms based upon the changes that people have demanded, demonstrated for. If we just sit by the wayside and let them continue to put their foot on our neck and our back and our head, then they would. But we the people say, no, we don't like that. So the government has to reform that. But they will not change anything until we say we won't change. And this is where we are at right now. Okay? So the expectation for me is that we continue to expect the leadership that Mr. Joey is showing. Bring that leadership right on over here. And we're going to show you what to do with it. Okay? Now we're going to go to the table, hopefully. We've already been invited. And I know we've been invited. Detroit's been invited. Pittsburgh has been invited. Philadelphia has been invited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee has been invited. All of Wisconsin has been invited. My 76-year-old auntie stood in the cold outside for four hours, which is voter suppression, to record her vote on two rebuilt knees, 76 years old, mother of five children, then worked all her life. She still works to this day. My auntie is 76 years old, and she go to work. Stood out there in the cold to vote. Oh, she's at the table. Now, Eva Longoria may not want us to be at the table, but we at the table, Evie. Mm-hmm. So we have expectations of Mr. Biden, and I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think because of angst, anxiety, I think people are disappointed with Mr. Obama. And we dropped the ball on Mr. Obama. I didn't make any assumptions, but we assumed 
right? And we didn't follow up with him to make sure. And he didn't, you know? And he played the centrist role. Ain't nothing centrist about Barack. He's an all-day liberal. Stop it. Anyway, um, the expectation is that we shall continue to have conversations with Mr. Biden. And we are going to have those conversations with him about the changes that we would like to see. Now, what those changes look like will turn into government reform. I want you to know that that is what it's going to be. It's going to be government reform. That's what it's called. That's what it's going to look like. We say defund the police. Okay. They say we're going to reform some policy. Okay. Which policy? Because I know what policy I want you to reform. Mm. Qualified immunity is number one on my hit list. What about you? America. Tap in, America. Let me know how you feel. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Because I expect that we do something about qualified immunity. That will have to change. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen in his presidency. We may have to continue to fight with that. It may have to be in Ms. Cam's. Oh, because if you think Ms. Kamala is not going to run for president, you're wrong. What you think she's doing all this for? Anyway, expectations. Expectations. Mr. Joey Biden can look forward to the expectation from the black community that we will meet his ass halfway and he will deliver. I do not come to the table with bitterness or bias or frustration. I'm going to come to the table with the conversation piece that this man will hold up his end of the deal. Period. And I want my community to do that. Sometimes, you know, we can cut our nose off to spot our face. And I don't want that to be this time. And sometimes we can cut our nose off to spot our face by thinking that we can depend on officials, elected officials, to do the right thing. You can't. You have to continue checking balance with people all the time, all the time. Don't take them for granted and don't let them take your vote for granted. Now, in 2022, we will be back at the same position to elect, unelect some more racist politicians that are sitting up on the hill with the cake of the dollar bill. We're not going to get all get rid of everybody in one fell swoop. It's going to take us another couple of rounds of voting to get rid of these people. Because we have to send a message that we can't never come back to that. Not that. Not that guy. Not that. And please, if the media don't stop hyping up talking about, oh, well, he's going to run for re-election. No, he's not. He's going to jail. You can't, you can't run for president when you got a felony. And I don't want to hear it. As many men as I know can't get a job because they on parole or probation. And can't, he will not run for president with a felony on his record. He will be going to jail if Russia don't get to him first. Okay? 
He in the bunker, y'all. He's scared. He's scared. You ain't seen that man on TV in four days. Hmm. You don't think he slipped out the country, do you? You don't think he slipped out the back door? And we looking at the, we looking at the body double, you don't think? Because he could have slipped out the country. We don't know it. Mm-hmm. But we will deal with him. Leadership is a quality. It's an underestimated quality. It's a quality that people overlook. But leadership is a real thing to have. It's a real trait. It's a hard and soft skill as far as I'm concerned. Um, and as a leader in my community, is the auntie on my block. I have expectations that in due time, we will be able to have a conversation. And, and, and they will do what they have to do. We have the sources and the organizations and the peoples and places. and They're not always right. The Black Caucus ain't a Not one for the Black Caucus. But I remember what the purpose of the Black Caucus is. Okay. And when I see my local politicians, we have conversations about that and the expectations of what the Black Caucus is supposed to be doing when you're in D.C. So we will see. But I will give them that opportunity. And I want you to do the same. I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to be worried. I don't want you to be upset. I don't want you panicking. I don't want you watching Anderson Cooper on TV who don't know what it is to be hungry, who don't know what it is to be without. These people are panicking. We live in poverty every day, and we staying cool. These rich folks on TV whose way is paid for for the rest of their life, panicking. And I don't think it's professional at all. Just stay cool, and we got this. The people have the power. E pluribus unum is the one thing that scares the hell out of everybody. Everybody, especially a dirty politician, a cheating line politician, and even the best politician, the most honest politician. E pluribus unum. And the thing about it is, with Uncle Joey up here, these politicians know Joey. So they are not going to be able to run past him like they did Obama and dismiss him because that's what they did. They didn't take him serious. Um, they, they, they're not going to be able to do it. Joseph is smart enough to know based upon the campaign that he ran. He ran a very, very smart electoral campaign, people. I'm not talking about... Joseph know he ain't got to be at your front door and breathing all over you and in an airport hangar and all that old mess to get your vote. He knew how to calculate votes from congressional districts. He knew how to coalesce early voting if you do the math as Andrew Yang said if you do the math 
15 million on first day gave you 150 million people that voted before the election was even even tapped to start on November 3rd. We knew we had the early voting. If you get up and go vote, you can get your man in because they don't vote. They don't vote. We vote. They don't vote. And they get up and vote when they are stimulated just like anybody else is. So, we voted. In the middle of a pandemic. And they didn't think that that would work. But it did. Now, I want to shift a little bit. I just want to... I saw where AOC had said something, um, Alexandria Ocasio, the progressive, who's up there agitating them old moderates, she getting them boys riled up, well, she came out and she said today something that I thought was important, I usually don't pay her any attention, I'm really not impressed with her, but that's another conversation. She talked about Rahm Emanuel. Oh, yes. Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel, for those of you who don't know, was the mayor of Chicago. Oh, yes. Chicago, Illinois. Tap in, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Home of the brave. Land of the free. Hmm. Well, Ron Emanuel is posturing ass. Every time I saw him on TV over here on ABC during the election, I turned. I can't stand the ground Ron Emanuel walk on. Now Ron Emanuel was also uh, how he first how we how he became known to us, the public, was he was uh, White House press secretary and. All that old mess for Obama. Obama brought him to the table. Okay. Um, White House press secretary. Uh, he did all of that. And then eventually he moved on to be mayor. And that's what he really wanted to do. He had to wait a year to become mayor or to run for the office. Well, like I said, become. Because they gave him the job. It wasn't nothing. All he had to do was just show up. Um, but anyway, that's who Rahm Emanuel is. He's the former mayor of Chicago. And he's also the former mayor that protected the Chicago Police Department when they shot Laquan 17 times and lied about it. Hit it. Lawsuit after lawsuit and everything like that. Had the fact that the Chicago police shot this child. 17 times a year, she like a dog. Lied about it. Didn't want nobody to know. Eventually, it had to become public information that Rahm Emanuel ain't shit, and I'm okay with saying that. Okay. And I ain't got no problem with that. But AOC came out today and said she done found out that Joey, Uncle Joey, wants to put Rahm Emanuel in some cabinet position. Mm. Well, like I said, I don't, I don't too much rock with AOC. 
but um, I would agree with her on that. I'm not trying to roll nowhere near Rahm Emanuel. If Rahm Emanuel's on fire, I would light an extra match. I have no respect for Rahm Emanuel. No, I got Ken Folk and family and friends live back there. They used to call me like at 10 o'clock at night. And I could hear the bullets. I could hear the fires. I could hear it. It sounds like, it just sounds like fireworks, like popcorn popping or something. You can't possibly live in an environment like that. He did nothing to enhance, to create, to better Chicago. Nothing. Wouldn't take a meeting with any black politicians. Wouldn't coalesce a team. Wouldn't create agency. He had no solution. He sat there like a fat cat on a hill and got paid. And you can thank Mr. Obama for that. They gifted him the city of Chicago, and he did not deserve it. Chicago deserved better. So if I see Rahm Emanuel, anywhere near this man's cabinet list. We gonna run that. We gonna make sure Rahm Emanuel is nowhere near this presidential cabinet. That's point blank and simple. We gonna make sure we take Rahm Emanuel and put him right back where he came from too. Put him right back in his box. Cause he cannot participate in any more politics. He fundamentally is a harm. He has got to be one of the most unqualified, overworked, lucky ass men I've ever met in my life. Or well, I have not met in my life. It's like they just keep giving Rahm Emanuel jobs. Stop giving him jobs. And stop giving men jobs. Give women some jobs, please. But don't give Rahm Emanuel a job. I'm tired of looking at Rahm Emanuel. He don't know what he doing. He don't know what he doing. And you can't tell me anything he's ever done. What has he done? I wait. Yeah, that's what I thought. Nothing. In the meantime... Ben Carson got the COVID. A whole neurosurgeon figured out how to get the COVID. Well, there you go. How about that? He got it from the host. But Rahm Emanuel is not a leader. And Rahm Emanuel needs to go ahead on and sit down. Not impressed by Rahm Emanuel, never have been. I think he caused the city of Chicago a great harm. And if he is allowed to permeate his little fat, grubby hands near anybody's federal government's post cabinet position, which he does not deserve, let me be clear. And the only reason Uncle Joey would put him on the bench, put him on the team, it's because of Buraki. Buraki on his boy in. 
I don't know what his thing is with Rahm Emanuel. But AOC let it be known today that Rahm Emanuel cannot participate in a Biden cabinet. And I think Mr. Biden heard that. And I think we may have a little acquiescence. Okay? Okay. Well, I've wasted your time. Thank you for listening. We will have conversations about some of these other local policies that were on the ballot here in California, which I think, as I said before, Sometimes what they do in California is started here, but you can best believe they're going to push it to the next 48, 50, 48, 49 states to see if it could work. And we don't want certain things to work, and we want certain things to work. And one of those things we want to work is a livable wage, insurance, health insurance, Obamacare, safe. Don't worry, the Supreme Court will not get rid of Obamacare. That's not their job, and they're not going to do it. Um, We need to make changes to Obamacare because government makes reforms. People make change. And as long as we, the people, understand that we make the change, that e pluribus unum is what this is, then you will be all right. I will be all right. Our community will be fine. Our communities will be fine. Our local politics is what we have to worry about. But we will expect that our federal government and the politic body that we have elected will ascertain responsibility and legitimacy by making sure they keep their eye on the prize and doing what is best for our community and not making any assumptions. Because I'm here to tell you, if they make an assumption, they can take us for granted. Come 2022, they will be sorely disappointed. We always have leverage. Remember that, America. We have leverage. In the meantime, I'm tapping out. And I'll see you next time.